0: Stand here and watch Doug go back and forth. <laughs> Man of many talents
1: we'll see how this goes sing 415 each step i take each step i take my savior goes before me and with his loving hand he leads the way and with each breath i whisper i adore thee oh what joy to Hey.
2: Sorry about that. Um, let me start over again. That one that one kind of caught me off guard. Our Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful to, to be here tonight. We're thankful to be in, th- always to be in thy midst. We're thankful for any time to, to be able to look closer to thy word and study it and allow it to, to just go into the, the deep crevices of our heart. Lord, we give you permission to to explore our hearts to probe our hearts to examine them and where they're not in what you call by the psalmist in thy everlasting way please get us on that path help us see our faults see where we're falling short of being like thy son and Lord please work on these hearts through thy spirit as as that's kind of what we desire. Lord we're thankful for Jesus and the, and the role model he was. We're thankful that We can see that in in thy Gospels. We're thankful to be able to to see his way he led his life and what was important uh, because we know he's like you and and we have that uh, representation of you through him. So Lord, please help us become more and more like him. Lord, we pray that you'll be with the church here at North Brevard. We always want to, to, to pray for the unity that you desire. It's a marvelous thing that you do to to take such great diversity amongst your people and to be able to create such a a remarkable unity. And we pray that you will continue to harmonize this group here, Lord, and that's our desire. So please, Lord, keep working on us. Lord, we want to be thankful for the elders, Lord, for the work they put in. We pray that, that you will give them guidance and boldness to carry out. Uh, your purposes here at the North Brevard Church of Christ. Uh, we pray also for, for the deacons and, Lord, the task that they undertake, Lord, to help them uh, create the time to, to be able to put in it to do those things for you and to do them in very godly manners. Lord, we're thankful for Matt and Mike and their wives and all the ministry that occurs through both of them and through those families. Uh, and, Lord, please continue to be with them and give them good health. Lord, we want to pray for Rita Smith, and now that she's had uh, her surgery on her shin, we pray for, for healing there, and uh, she'll be up and about before long. Or we also um, want to pray for, for Charlie and Gail as they're both battling COVID. Uh, we know they're a little better, but have a ways to go, Lord, and we know that, that with Gail, she's just very frail with her lungs and heart, so Lord, please especially be with her as she, she goes through this. Uh, lord we are just thankful in this country the the vaccines that are available to us the diagnostic capabilities to to be able to examine our health and to be able to catch things early on that for many of us uh, some of these things have basically saved our lives and, and made our quality of lives uh, so much better so lord we're just thankful that that you've blessed uh, this country with that and pray that that through the efforts of our our own world, our own country that will help better the world in that regard as well. Lord, be with us again tonight. Help us all be able to truly worship you in song and prayer and praise and giving in thy Lord's Supper. Lord, again, we thank you for Jesus and the great blessings we have through him. We just love him so much. In his name we pray. Amen.
1: We'll prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. We'll sing Jesus, Rose of Sharon. Jesus,
0: Rose
3: of Sharon.
0: You know, from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve's sin in the garden, the Lord made a covering for Adam and Eve out of an animal skins. Something had to die. A sacrifice had to be made to cover their sin. And I think in a way that, that foreshadows all of the the years, the thousands of years of animal sacrifices that had to be made once God had revealed that to, to mankind, that there's no, no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And certainly foreshadows what we know about Jesus, that even his disciples probably didn't understand when they took the bread and the fruit of the vine the Last Supper, it doesn't seem like they understood. Even though Jesus was telling them in very plain language as we read it now, they didn't understand that he was the sacrifice. He was the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Let's pray. Father, please help us to, to take these few minutes to contemplate just the enormity of the sacrifice that you and your son made by giving up that, that eternal relationship that you had to allow him to take on all of our sins. And then just the wonderful thing that happened just days later of his rising from the dead, having overcome sin for all of us, having overcome death for all of us, Father, this time as we take take the the bread, help us to remember that this bread represents his body that had to be sacrificed for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, we know that, that his blood had to be shed and that and the night, night before he died, he, he knew that. He knew that as he took the cup, as he had his disciples share it, that it, it represented, he told them that it represented the blood of the covenant. Father, as we partake this, help us to remember that covenant. That you made with us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, apart from the Lord's Supper, let's we're, we're going to say a prayer for the offering that we'll leave in one of the boxes in the back before we leave uh, so please bow with me Lord we're so grateful for everything that you give to us everything that you do for us we know that most of what you give to us we probably take for granted we may not even realize what you're doing for us until after Lord please help us to, to be grateful each blessing, to recognize each blessing, and now to to give back a part of what we've what we've been blessed with in a physical manner, in Jesus' name, Amen. Sing to God be the glory, and then Michael bring us our lesson.
1: God be the glory, great things he hath done.
4: Excellent job. Good evening. It's good to see everybody. I'm going to start tonight with a shameless plug. Uh, We have a Wednesday night Bible study here that's. It's sort of like a small group. If you've ever been a small group, we ask questions, we get opinions. We want opinions and questions and statements so that we can, together, come to some idea of what it's all about. And that's Wednesday night here. So if you'd like to be part of that, we'd love to have you. If you can't get here, it is online. So uh, think about it. I think we're going to have some good time. We've been looking at who is this man. And tonight, we're going to look at him from a different angle. Back when I turned 50, Sue gave me one of these special presents. I'm, I'm a magic geek. I like to see magic. I like to try to figure it out. But some of the things David Copperfield can do I have yet to figure out. How do you put a a woman in a box, you see her lay down and put her feet out here and put her hands out holes and, and have her head up here and cut her in three pieces, have blood squirting up in the air, and when they get done, I should have left that part out, huh? Okay. When she gets done... He puts her back together, she comes out, she's whole, and there's no head of blood anywhere around her. I don't know how he does that. I've had some theories, and those who know magic said, oh boy, are you wrong. But I just don't know how he does that. How do you put the same girl in a very small box, put swords down through it, and then pull the swords out, and the girl's not hurt. I don't know how he does that. I wish he did. How do you make a a car, a Corvette no less, appear when what was started there was a cage with a lion in it? He pulled a curtain. When he pulled it back, the line was gone. Corvette was there. I don't know how he did that. And the more I looked at things that I don't know how he did, the more I started figuring out, this takes me way back to the first century. In the first century, they had found some ways to mechanize their gods. Bacchus was the Roman god of the vineyard. They celebrated when the wine harvest came in. But they would then take some of the wine and they would pour it in this alder and there was this fire under it. Bacchus would turn around and at times he'd whistle. And everybody didn't know how that was done. It turns out it was just a matter of simple plumbing that whenever the wine turned to a vapor, they went up this little thing to the place where he would turn around and whistle. Diana had a a great temple. In Diana's, when you offered milk and water together, she had snakes that would hiss at you. And didn't know what to do with that either until they gave the secret of Diana away. So I can tell you how to do that. If you want to have the snakes hiss, just let me know. But what about Jesus? Here he is, God, in the flesh. Why would he do miracles? And do miracles like David Copperfield to amaze his audience? Or, or like bacchus and diana to get devotion from their their fans their people their their believers beginning in john chapter 2. on the third day a wedding took place at cana of galilee jesus mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding when the wine was gone Jesus mother said to him we have no more wine that probably means that these were relatives of Mary Because she's concerned that this is gonna shame the family. They have no more wine. And Jesus looks back at his mother and says, Woman, why do you involve me? My time's not come. And it's like Mary never heard him. Because she tells the servants around, Just do what he tells you to do. And he sees six stone jars the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holds 20 to 30 gallons. This is a a picture of some of the ceremonial vessels that they had back then to carry water. Jesus says to the servants, fill them to the brim. It's the only thing that he's had them do. They were empty containers. He wants them filled with water, and they fill them to the broom. And then he says, now draw some out and take it to the groom of the wedding. They did so. And when the master of the banquet tasted it, he did not know it was water that had been turned to wine. And he calls the groom aside and says... Everyone brings out the choice wine first. Then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best now. My wife told me to be careful with this. But what he's just said is, you use the best wine first until the guys get plastered. And they're so drunk they don't know what they're drinking and then you can slip in the the cheap wine afterwards. But you've done it in reverse. And here's the comment. This was the first of his miraculous signs that Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed glory and his disciples put their faith in him the disciples were the only ones who seemed to know what he did so they put their faith in him this is what I call the miracle to take care of a trivial situation Mary was all concerned, but really, if they didn't have any more wine, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But because he was asked, he performs a miracle and he takes care of a situation that would have been an embarrassment. Second miracle. Two days after he left for Galilee, now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. He arrived in Galilee, and the Galileans welcomed him, and they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. And once more he visited Canaan in Galilee. Now, where have we heard that before? That's where the wedding was. Where he had turned water into wine, and there was a certain Roman official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. I wanted you to get a, a feel for the distances that we're here. This is where we are at Canaan and Galilee. Way up here is Capernaum. It's not that far, but it is if you walk. It would take them about five hours to walk one way. So Jesus, this man hears that Jesus has arrived in Galilee from Judea. And he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And Jesus says, and let's you people see miraculous signs and wonders you'll never believe and the royal official said sir please come down before my child dies and jesus replied you may go your son will live and the man takes Jesus at his word and departs. Now, I'm not sure I'd have that kind of faith. if It was my little girl there. I would want some kind of guarantee. And now you really got to come. I, it, this is bad stuff. It's my only child. But while he's on his way back, his servants are meeting him with the news that the boy is cured. And he starts thinking about it. And he says, what time did the fever leave him? And he gets better. And they answer the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judah to Galilee. First miracle that he ever performed, turning water to wine. Second, healing a Gentile. Which was unheard of. Jews caring about Gentiles. Jesus cared about Gentiles. And heals This boy, even though it was a great distance away, Jesus performs the miracle. Third, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the feast of the Jews. Now here, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Now let's stop there for a second. This is not just Jewish. Some of the miraculous healings that they claimed happened from the water were in the name of a pagan god. Because those who were in charge of the temple had made a deal with Herod who had made a deal with So this could have been that. The Jews believed it was an angel sent down from heaven who stirred the waters and because an angel had touched the waters, if you just get the person in the water, everything's great. That's what's going to do it, that that holiness water. And as Jesus is watching all the festivities that are happening, he notices one man who was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, this is the outlay of where the Pool of Bethesda was. I just thought it would be interesting to show you so that you can see that this is the place that they always came to that once-a-year time when they thought the waters were going to be stirred. And there the man is laying year after year after year because only the first one who gets in the water is healed. And he's an invalid, probably with both legs paralyzed. And Jesus sees him lying there. and he learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time and he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else goes ahead of me. And then Jesus looks at him. Did you notice he didn't answer the question? He says, I really don't have any hope of getting better. Because I can't be the first one in the water. Somebody gets in before me. They're more mobile. Nobody's here to help me. He's got all these reasons that he's going to stay sick. And Jesus looks at him and says, get up. And pick up your mat. And walk. And the man was once was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. And the day on which this took place was the Sabbath. This time Jesus performed a miracle for somebody who'd been an invalid for a great period of time. But I want you to look at the miracles. Jesus did not get a crowd up before he did anything. It's not like he's sort of selling the idea of religion and healing go hand in hand. Jesus just did the miracle and slipped behind the scenes. Water turned to wine. Nobody knew it had changed except Jesus and the disciples. The Roman official he came out, and nobody knew that Jesus had promised that he was going to be, his son was going to be healed except the Roman official and Jesus. And when it came down to the invalid, he had no idea Jesus was going to help him. Nobody saw him at all because he didn't get called into account until they saw the man walking On the Sabbath with his man. What can we conclude about this man? Well, he's not doing it that everybody will come and fall at his feet because he's not letting anybody see him. He's not doing the miracles because it'll bring him fame because nobody knows he's doing them. I think what it shows is something very unique about him that we can miss so easy. He is filled with compassion for hurting people. He's filled with compassion for those who don't know the way. He's filled with compassion for those who have been ill for a long period of time. He's filled with compassion when a father pleads for his son. He's got a heart that won't let him just walk away. I wanted to do another interesting story, but I can't do it and be on time, so... I'm going to give it to you. Notice, take take a concordance out and notice the time that Jesus did a miracle and after he does the miracle, he says, don't tell anybody. He does it over and over and over. He's not doing this for him. He's doing it for them. And he will go to the cross and die for them. Not because they deserve it. But because he still has that compassion and love for his people. To take advantage of that, he asked you to repent of your sins and be baptized for the remission of the sins. We can do that tonight. And if you've once done that and you're no longer living for him who died for you, we can take care of that too. If there's a way that we can help you get your life back in line with the one who loves you that much, won't you come? Why together we stand and why we sing.
1: Hey.
3: All right. to say good evening to the ones who are looking at the worship service from their homes. We welcome you. You know, Mike talked about the miracles and they hit a strong point, how much Jesus loved us, that he performed miracles so that they would know that he came from God. But, you know, he wasn't trying to Promote himself. And as you look around today, you see a lot of people, they're not really promoting God or promoting Jesus. They're trying to promote themselves. So, you know, you think about that. I want you to look at 1 John, the fifth chapter. I think that's a good chapter. Talk about the spirit, talk about the water, and the blood. And, And if you look at the New Testament, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> it's about saving us. It's about providing a way to God for us. So remember that. You know I'm getting fired up, so that's just, that's just who I am. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I needed that. I'm not going to rush now. I want you to remember those that 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 need prayer. Rita Smith, who had uh, is recovering from uh, knee surgery uh, at the Mayo Clinic. Her husband is suffering from uh, from back problems. So pray for them. Nora brother-in-law is suffering from uh, a problem where he's bleeding in his brain. So pray for him. And things are not really going well for him. So hopefully uh, the doctors could get it together. But we know one person who can get it together. So put them in your prayers. Matt Robinson and his family, uh, Amy is recovering from the virus. And uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, when mama is sick, there's problems in the house, okay? And I I know that, I have lived that. So be praying for that family. Charlie and Gail, they're recovering from the virus. Talked to Charlie yesterday, he's feeling better. I understand Gail's feeling better, but keep, keep them in your prayers. Pray for the whole world. Uh, this virus is bad. It's very bad in Florida. So just pray for the whole world. God can change things and He can heal us. So make sure we put that at the front of our prayer list. Not mainly us, but others.
1: If you're able, please stand. We'll sing "Be with Me, Lord," and then have our closing prayer. <clears throat> Be
3: with me, Lord. I am-
1: first we'd like to thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us, for all those around us, for this entire world, Father. Thank you for all those blessings. Father, we ask for prayers for our brothers, our sisters, their families, friends, all those who are in need, whether it be physical ailments, mental ailments, stresses, whatever is going on in their life, Father. Please be with them. Remind them that we're all here for them in love. Father, as we look at what goes on in the world right now, a lot of people losing their lives, a lot of families going through loss, a lot of stress, a lot of burden, a lot of hardships. Father, I think of Job and all that he went through many times over, lost so many, unwavering faith, That's what stood out. Even when his best friends came and tried to sell him a different story, he he stayed true. Stayed true. Believed in you, Father, as we do. Give us the strength to believe in you throughout all. As we go out there, let our light shine and be there not only for our loved ones, but for all we can. Take advantage of each opportunity we have to Make a difference in this world and really let our light shine. In the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen.